0: I think at some point we'll drop this whole hybrid work, remote work, work from anywhere. It's all work, fundamentally. We're all just doing a task. We're contributing towards a purpose, a value of an organisation.
1: Hi, I'm David Green, and this is episode three of Series 18 of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. You just heard Nikki Hoyland, CEO and co-founder of Hula, talking about moving away from defining where work gets done and instead focusing on the task at hand, the ultimate goal we're striving towards, and letting people figure out for themselves the best way to do that. As a self-proclaimed work tech nerd, Nikki talks about the role that workplace tech plays in a new world of work, enabling people to get work done in the easiest, simplest way possible. So once again, we can focus on the end goal of the business, above all else.
0: As soon as it takes me longer than I need to, I'll find a shortcut, I'll find a different way of doing it. The whole concept of where WhatsApp came into business is where people went, what's well, just a WhatsApp group and we'll just do it over here, because so people will find those ways. So I, I think understanding that we are all different and, and communicate differently.
1: Throughout this episode, Nikki and I discuss how workplace tech has rapidly evolved over the last two years and what to expect of workplace tech, employee experience, and digital well-being moving forwards. We look at how to set up your hybrid meeting for success. And we discuss how to create a culture of trust in the workplace, which is vital for performance. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Nikki Hoyland, CEO and co-founder of Hula, to the Digital HR Leaders podcast. Nikki, it's great to have you on the show. Um, can, let's start with some introductions. Can you introduce yourself and, and how how you led to, and, and and also Hula?
0: Yeah, of course. And firstly, thank you for having me. Uh, I, I admitted before we started recording, I'm a, a fangirl of the show, so it's great to, to get to, to be on. Um, you have some brilliant guests and some awesome thought leadership, which I think is really helpful and has been superbly useful for people over the past sort of 18-20 months as well specifically. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm Nikki Willin, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Hula. I'm a huge work tech nerd and how human beings interact with work technology and technology generally, but the most important part of that being human beings uh, and how we interact with each other and how we build complex relationships and, and trust and how inside of technology we can really leverage that and enable that. Um, I guess a little bit in terms of my background, I uh I, I worked as Learning Technologies Manager at EA um for a period of time. So I went through the whole merger of Orange and T Mobile and teams coming together and lots of systems all over the place. Um and I always I always found it really interesting how people uh, often struggle to have a, a human-centered conversation when it comes to technology because we either go too IT led and it's too um yep. you know data driven and how people access and it. it's secure and it's locked down or it's sometimes a, a touch to to hr led that might not have some of the stability and the security and and so on that that, that we need um and then over 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 my period of time of, of working there i uh started to work for externals uh where they would come to us and say hey how have you managed to deliver what you've delivered which is a very hearts and minds piece Around mobile learning at the time, back in the day uh, when that was all, all very new and topical, um, which led to the, 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 the co-founding of Digital Balance, where we created bespoke software um, and uh, content solutions for the likes of Santander, L'Oreal, Expedia. Um, and the conversation was, "Can it just?" And it was absolutely. You know, let's 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 jam that out and understand how tech can really help and enable. And then spin the spin the time forward uh somewhat and i'm now uh ceo of hula um which we have all of the bespoke work that we still continue to do our SaaS product hula hub which i'll talk about today and all of our content services
1: firstly thank you very nice for the kind words about the podcast
0: um, <laughs> welcome
1: as i joked before that's 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 two happy listeners now with my mother so uh so thank you for <laughs> that nikki um no, no, but seriously you know you, you're talking about you know technology with human face if if we've certainly had to use a lot of technology over the last sort of 20, 20 21, 21 months or so with the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, what's, what's been your sort of observation of that You know, how has that, that time since back, back to February 2020, I suppose, impacted both the development and use of, of workplace
0: tech? I think it's really interesting in that the technology didn't necessarily evolve or change at the rapid state of which adoption did um, because we had to, Right. We had our back up against a wall. Uh, we didn't know how we were going to continue to be able to function and operate without the use of technology, because these, you know, these structures and this this way of work that was so familiar and so institutionalized, I guess, in a, in a lot of us, that's the way we've always done things, uh, was completely ripped apart. Um, I think the, the introduction of technology enabled people to start to work. I think we saw. A large period of time of well let's just do what we did face to face inside of tech uh, which i think has brought its own challenges too um and i do think that we were just more open to, to to change and if we tried something before could we try that differently could we try a multitude of tools that possibly we even used outside of work previously that felt yep. familiar to us felt like it added less cognitive load um, enabled teams not necessarily just from the business point of view of hey there's an 18 month rfp process that we need to go through and every department needs to be aligned and by the time we've done that things have moved on people were just going and, and buying and consuming tech because they had to um, i guess that's introduced a lot of tech complexity inside of the, the technology stacks that we have but the the brilliant thing about that was how human connection could flourish Inside of those those tech uh, tech stacks that we brought into play, and I guess one of my biggest concerns just at the moment is some of the conversation of well, let's just go back. Um, yeah. I don't. I personally don't believe going back is ever the right the right the right call when we've learned so much and it's been such a time to experiment, right, and find out what works and what doesn't work. Um, and I think it's embracing that continued change, that continued progression, and understanding that future of work and the now of work it's not six months 12 months six years time it's now it's been happening for some time it has changed and we have to change with that and technology has to change with that and technology can really enable that but it isn't just the answer there is that whole trust culture process communication collaboration um, where and when and how you work i think it's, it's got to come into this full conversation
1: yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? We, we've had the likes of the futurists like Heather McGowan and April yeah. Rinney um, on, and they've talked about how, you know, the future of work was fast forward in sort of like five, ten years, depending on your, your perspective because of, the, uh, because of the pandemic, so certainly in our use of technology. And mm. I guess there's been that conversation around remote work for a while, but, mm. you know, wh- what the impact's been on, on well-being or burnout and other things clearly those things that we're still we're still um you know investigating the moment but i think we've proved we can work remotely um mm-hmm. albeit in a crisis so maybe it's a bit different when hopefully yeah. we come out of the crisis but i think you're right i mean it's rare that you know if you look at the stage of human development that we've gone back to what was what it was before mm-hmm. so i guess what the next is is i guess going to be the challenge and you know it seems that you know, employee expectation, of course, is one of the factors that, that, that companies are going to have to consider on what, what is next, what their mode of hybrid is, or like a couple of outliers who think that they're going to bring everyone back into the office. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you, it, clearly, obviously, you need to think about customers, you need to think about other things as well. But, you know, employee expectations are going to be a big, big part of this. I, I don't yeah. know what you're seeing out there from from some of the companies you work with, but also, you know... Mm-hmm. Listening to workers, you mentioned you at the CIPD conference. It'd be interesting to hear some of the discussions that were there.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's, there's so much inside all of that, isn't there? To unpack, and I think, firstly, for me, and I, and I spoke about this passionately when we were in true lockdown. The difference of remote work during having to work at home during a lockdown are widely, widely different. The impact on mental health of not being able to literally switch off from a device. Because yeah. I've left one room, or if I, you know, was lucky enough to have a multitude of rooms, if I, if I lived at, you know, at home or with parents or in a house share or a studio apartment or something, I left a room or a space to literally move a few feet to go to somewhere else to open another screen to connect with people or to, to unplug. I replugged into something else. Um, I think the impact of the unknown and, you know, the, the, the health. Um, obviously, concern that, that 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 COVID brought and still continues to bring with it had such a huge impact on burnout and on you know people's perception of, of remote work. Um, I do think it's hugely important, and there's absolute responsibility with businesses to start to look at how do we enable people to switch off, mm-hmm. how do we enable, and it's something that I could geek out about uh, passionately. How do we enable this concept of right to disconnect? which absolutely the you know workforce of and um, digital natives coming through and, and leaving university in a very, very different pattern and introduction to work than we've seen previously, that really matters to them. It really matters to all generations in workforce, but it's this pattern that we've got into this grind of, well, we're always on. We're always expected to reply. We're always plugged into something. So how do you balance this right to disconnect which ultimately would say, right, well, we're switching off work systems in a very regimented way, to yep. I enable you to work flexibly, which includes where and when and how you want to work because the two cannot sit side by side. Um, and there is you no know, stuff that we're working on that enables that inside of technology that has this subtlety of suggestion of it's time to disconnect. So actually we're going to knock these things back because we're using data in a way that works for the user and enables the user rather than stick to to beat an individual with. Um, so I think that the, the concept of really separating out remote work during pandemic and remote work um, moving forward, I, I tend to to use the phrase both internally and externally of work from anywhere because that, yep. for me, does include face-to-face interactions, whether that's in an office, in a Starbucks, in a customer's site, um, because ultimately we're human beings. We want connection. We want We want the ability to... To be with somebody in a physical space um, so i think this concept of it's either or you're either at home or you're in an office i think we need to move past the bricks and mortar that surround you and actually how do we enable this this true work from anywhere that's that's best for the team or the individual
1: yeah and, and before we dive into some of the problems you're trying to solve with hula hub um it's also using technology to try and bring some sort of equality so for example if there's a meeting going on and there are five people in the office sitting in the room together and there are two people joining virtually remotely, how can you make that an equal meeting rather yeah. than just the two that are actually physically in the room almost being yeah. forgotten and not being included in it? And I guess technology yeah. can really help us there.
0: Yeah, I think there's there's real small things there that uh, are some tips that I would share with, with people of even where your screens are positioned in a room. Like, traditionally, that was all around presenting, right, because we were all in the room and we were all looking up. Whereas, actually, if we lower that screen down, that's at table level and the camera's at table level, suddenly we're, we're not looking at each other in from a different perspective. Mm. If we can have meeting etiquette that extends, like, you know, outside of just the, the physical seats around the table that says, actually, when the side conversation that happens in a meeting room, it's, it's distracting for everybody else, and it's not necessarily as productive to the agenda at hand. So actually ensuring that that's contained to those that have dialed in, um, making sure that there's dial in uh, that's set up on the invite, so that you don't spend the first ten minutes of the meeting, as we all do, with how do you dial in? Did we set it up? How do you get invited? That again detracts from from the meeting. Um, but I think it's important to have those the, that time at the, the either end or the start of the meeting that enables what people as this water cooler chat i'm not sure what water coolers people stand by that that are are as productive as as some of the chat that comes out but just enables that it's not necessarily on the agenda but what else do we need to cover or what else have people thought about during this time that we're not going back to back to back to back which i think it's a bit of a game Sometimes in people's calendars at the moment of you know there's a slot I'll I'll fill that slot with something um, and and having that that general meeting meeting etiquette that extends also to to colleagues that are joining you in a digital format I think if everybody sort of agrees to that up top it 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 starts to ease yeah. e- ease that a little but it's it's a lot harder world to navigate from we're all dialed in on Zoom to actually some of us are in some of us are out. Um, that is a is is a more tricky dynamic, and you know all of the conversation at the moment is all based on you know the the, the desk based worker that can work from anywhere. And I think we need to start to look at how does employee experience stack up when you've got duality of role where people mm. can't, um, and by the nature of what they do, they have to be in a certain location. Um, or if that's solely the the roles in your business, how do we ensure that this is a this is a fair conversation? Um, <clears throat> which I think there's so many facets to to this new world that nobody will get it right straight away.
1: Now it's going and to be yeah. fa- fascinating how it how it plays out. So yeah. so we talked a lot about the new world of work. So I'd love to hear you know what is the problem that that Hula Hub or you're trying to solve with Hula Hub?
0: I think the the, the challenge of the silos that we work inside a business has been. There are for some, some time pre-pandemic, um, right? Yep. So, you know, finance will have the systems that they need. IT will have systems they need. Uh, learning and development have, might have what they need. Marketing might have what they need. And then actually this, how do you know as an end user where to go for what you need? Um, if you don't know what you don't know, how do you try to find that out? um when there's this multitude of technology systems, user interfaces, user experience, yep. passwords, data sets. Um, and then with the, the pandemic, we have seen that increase in technology where teams that ultimately, it's the same system that they need, so project management, let's say, but teams have gone, actually, this is what works for us and we want Asana or we want Basecamp or we want insert other name here, which has further increased this siloed nature which, yep. if we're trying to work cross-functionally and we're trying to enable people through technology, bringing that into one place. So, in in this case, Hula Hub. Hula Hub is the digital launchpad out to everything that you need inside of work um, and outside of work, and inside of work. Because I'm more than just the work that I do. I yep. am going to pick up my personal device and I am going to check a New York Rangers score. I'm a massive ice hockey fan, or I am going to check the latest podcast that I want to listen to or a Twitter feed. I'm, I'm going to do those things. So I actually, if you can enable me this one digital launch pad out to everything in my digital life that avoids this, you know, there's 40 systems that I have to engage with in a work context. There might be 12, 14, 15 different platforms that you can communicate with me or message me. My last count, I think, was 14 for me across social media, Discord, WhatsApp, iMessive email, uh, and, yeah. and. Um, and how do we bring that into one place to reduce that digital noise, that digital burnout and start to ease some of the, the cognitive load? Um, I think as we, we touched earlier, part of the evolution of of Hula is the, um, at the moment very admin down and end user up. So how do we enable people to collaborate where there isn't just here's everything on the LMS that you need or here's yeah. everything in SharePoint that you need? There's this way of an end user to go, actually, I can curate a collection and I can share. But as we start to evolve that, how do we then enable this juxtaposition of I you know, I I need the right to disconnect, but I also need to be able to work flexibly to so enable technology that could go, actually, the work based stuff now is going to knock back. So you can still engage with everything personally. But we're gonna go a little bit further than that. So we're actually gonna knock back some of the New York Rangers score or your Ricardo shopping list and suggest that you've probably been plugged in for too long. So you know, we've got some sort of responsibility of your digital well-being that says, "Let's unplug, let's get outside, let's get some exercise, some fresh air, and interact outside of just a digital space." Um, so that's the that's the challenge, and that's some of the, the the roadmap that we're we're starting to look to deliver inside of you.
1: So, in, in short, it's one place you go to access all the technology you need for work and for home and personal, whatever.
0: Yeah,
1: coupled with a uh, some some analytics I guess behind it that that helps support well-being so i.e. David you've been spending far too long reading blogs about Liverpool Football Club for example you know to to, to twist the New York Rangers thing into a a different sport.
0: (laughs) Yeah so for me that's less about what have you been doing because I think sometimes that can be seen as a stick to beat people with and more that actually digitally like 12 hours in a digital space 13 hours 14 hours Need to be able to come away from that and and, and relax and unplug, and that's not necessarily. A we're going to enforce. It's a suggestion of the natural something. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. got it, you got it. So that's the evolution of the of the product, and it and it is that collaboration that is. You know, we we all use this multitude of tech. I'm used to being able to personalize stuff on my mobile device how I want it to look, what images I want to use, you know, something that represents me, that's inclusive of me, that understands I'm more than just a, a number or a cognitive machine. Um, so trying to bring that into to work technology that just eases that cognitive load. It's personalized for people and it enables admins to say, hey, this is what we need you to see and this is where you go to get to all of that.
1: So, so you mentioned a couple of organizations that you're working with today. Um, you know what was their motivation for 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 using hula hub um you know i guess cuz i guess the benefit for the individual is linked obviously to the benefit of the organization but what what was the, the drivers behind the organization
0: there's been a multitude uh, actually so one is return on investment of of current technology and software so we we have a number of businesses that have upwards of seven different lms lxp content platforms um, to know where you need to go in order to get access to what was such a challenge that they were in large contracts but people weren't using them. So to bring that yeah. into a space that was, hey, this is where you go first thing every morning and this is where you get out to everything that you need inside your digital life enabled them to raise the profile of those systems and get people to exactly what they needed in two clicks. So rather than sixteen clicks, you're straight to what you need when you need it. Yeah. That's a similar use case, so we did a, a large exercise with a company in the States where Externally, you could apply for a role within two clicks on their website. They were absolutely keen, and for all of the reasons that we know of retaining um, talent and you know progressing talent through uh, upskilling. But internally, it took them eighteen clicks to get to the same job because yeah. they had to go into large HRIS systems and navigate to where what they needed and when, and they didn't necessarily know the job was there and had to apply and so on. Again, in Hula. With audience management, that's on your front page and it's it's, it's two clicks to get to what you need. Um, I think this, this confusion of where do I go to get to what that isn't, yeah. from a Hula point of view, just learning technology. That could be how you get straight to a client's uh, contract, how you get straight to a UAT environment, how you get straight to benefits packages. Uh, this is about actually uh, across the businesses, really reducing these silos. Um, and the, the the second thing for from the end user point of view, as you as you touch on, is that collaboration. I can't count the amount of times where I've said, "Did you send me that on Slack or Teams or was it on an email?" Uh, and I spend so much time trying to find those things. Yeah. But Actually, the, the you know the productivity burn in a day just is is huge. Whereas if I can create collections and then share them, I've got stuff in there about visits to New York, I've got stuff in there about ball packs, I've got stuff in there about work technology and events I want to be at, but they're all collections curated and shared by me, the end user. Um, so it's it's a you know it's a it's a really multi multifaceted way of just reducing the the, the, the noise, yeah.
1: So it's like usability, adoption, collaboration, experience. It,
0: it's important to me as well from a from a vendor point of view that, you know, everybody can play in the same sandpit I think and in our in our industry we we have seen over over the years a lot of like head clash with vendors where there's been this reluctance to want to collaborate and work together and actually reduce some of that complexity and make this frictionless for our people so if we can enable that that actually why wouldn't you put all of these multitudes of things in um I think that starts to just as I say help with that cognitive load uh in a you know, anybody's day at work, the system that you you need to navigate to, you need to be focused yeah. on what you're there to do, right? You wanna be in the zone of, of why you're there. You don't want the, oh, how do I get there? <laughs> and I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. where I need to be and it takes me so much time. It's just reduce some of that and just make it easier for people.
1: Sounds, sounds, sounds good to me anyway. When we come back in just a moment, Nikki talks us through her views on the future of workplace tech. This series of the Digital HR Leaders podcast is sponsored by Hula. Hula Hub is a personalized digital workplace solution designed to boost productivity, save you time, increase employee engagement, and help enable a more connected culture, no matter where your people are. After decades of uninspiring workforce platforms, Hula Hub is the go to platform for leaders wanting to meet the needs of their employees, boost their well being, Enable more flexible styles of working and forever improve the way we work. It's a revolutionary way to connect everything we use on a daily basis and access it all with just two clicks, keeping you organised and saving millions of pounds in wasted time. To learn more, visit hula.io. That's H U L E R.io. Welcome back to this episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast with Nikki Hoyland, CEO and founder of Hula. Now, back to the conversation. In, in terms of looking at the, the sort of wide, the, the broader future of workplace tech, what do you think the future has in store um, for workplace tech? So obviously, it's been a, a time of a lot of investment in, yeah. in, in workplace technology, you know, particularly in the last 20 months. I mean, there's been a lot of activity going on. Are you really interested to to hear your thoughts about that?
0: I think we'll, we'll see a lot more um, flexibility inside of technology. Uh, I think people will go less for high-rise, large, big stacks that are quite difficult to be agile um, inside, yeah. um, and potentially you're, you're purchasing things that you don't always necessarily require or need. Um, and I think some of the nature of that corner of there's no one silver bullet system for any business because technology evolves so does business so does you know the way that we want to interact um, and engage with with tech um, so i think certainly flexibility um i think the you know our, our end user and our people being much more aware of the, the data that's tracked on them and how that's used for good um you know we're, we're seeing companies now use that as a marketing criteria right so the latest ios allows me to control who can see what I do and don't do. And I think if we're using data to enable and, um, you know, really, really ensure our people can be the most productive and we care about their digital wellbeing and we care about their progression. I think there's a real transparency of how that, that data then, then, then started to be used. And I think personalization, um, the more and more that, you know, we, we, we sit in disparate teams uh, around the globe when we work asynchronously we, we need to be able to still feel a sense of connection together um, and how we personalize that experience where we can right down to the individual um, that still makes sense inside of a team still makes sense inside of a function and still makes sense inside the business but does understand that I am unique and I might want to create focused tasks at certain times of day because that's how I work um, I might want to access that on a multitude of devices, but I might have specific tasks that I do on different devices at different points of time. Um, so I think it is around this flexibility, choice, personalization that we'll will we'll see the change in word technology.
1: And I'd love to dig a little bit into that trust thing. So, um, so we do a lot of work in the people analytics space, um, mm. which inherently is taking employee data, doing some analysis on it. And, solving a business challenge, to put it in really simplistic terms. Um, But obviously, what you're trying to do is provide benefit to the the people whose data it is, i.e. employees. And uh, we talk about a fair exchange of value. So employees are providing access to the data, they should get something from it. And as you said, there needs to be some transparency around what data is being collected. What business challenges is it trying to trying to solve? How's it going to benefit employees? And who's going to have access to that data, and how you going to keep it secure, and all those different things? Um, I'd love to hear, you know, from you, you know, how you know, how do you think organisations have focused on developing a culture of trust around technology?
0: It's a really interesting question because I think trust inherently needs to come outside of just technology, um, inside of values and culture at an organisational level, and the way that you communicate with your people. If that sense of trust isn't there so i have i've had the question asked of me when we've talked about people working remotely and on calls with uh, potential clients where they've gone yeah but how do you know what people are doing when you can't see them and i'm like well how did you know what they were doing when they're in the office because surely you just didn't go and stand by every individual and just monitor their screen sort of all day so we need to move out of this just because i can't see you in a physical space i don't know what you're doing and that needs to come out of you know clear job descriptions clear accountability clear output and continual feedback if that's not right or or where it needs to be i think that real communication with our people that then of course extends to technology um you know we we saw a few years back that you know people didn't want uh one of their, their, their 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 teams picking up a personal device or they didn't want them going on their phone but the reality is i'm going to So enable me to do that and trust me to know that actually I'm very aware of what I need to do and how I best need to work. And if my output isn't, you know, to what's expected, and of course have that as a conversation with me. Give me technology that enables me to do that in terms of how and when and where I want to be able to work, that does allow me to personalise things, does allow me to communicate in a way that I'm free to express myself and bring my whole self to work. and I think, you know, at it, it, its core, this this trust has to come out so much more than just inside of tech um, because we're talking about human resources, right, the human beings. Mm. Um, the tech enables, culture enables, but it's all wrapped into to the, the people that we do this for. Um, I think we'll see more automation um, naturally come into that technology and people will be very aware of, you know, what how that influences or changes their jobs and i think taking people on that journey if people feel communicated with as to what data are you tracking and why and what's going to change um you know you're, you're taking them on that, that journey with you so that trust is you know is felt both sides i think as well i i think an organisation that's you know putting in technology to monitor people on camera all the time or keystrokes or um mouse movements I think it's more of a brother way to to, to implement mm-hmm. technology than it is an enabler and a, and a trust-centric culture.
1: Yeah, I'd share that sentiment. I'm not sure of the real benefit to um, mm-hmm. organisations of, of of doing that. Some real I've, I've
0: heard the, the stories of uh, colleges that over in the States that have put in some of that tech, and all students have done is attached a wired mouse to a fan so that the fan will just move the mouse slightly so it tracks the pattern so it people will find a way around these things anyway so i think ultimately we just we need to connect with each other as as human beings and ultimately if you don't trust that person in your business it's not just the technology that you don't trust right it's it's them as the individual
1: trust is hard to earn and easy to lose and, and then almost impossible to get back We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. If you're looking to continue your learning journey, head over to myhrfuture.com and take a look at the My HR Future Academy. It's a learning experience platform supporting HR professionals to become more data-driven, more business-focused, and more experience-led. By taking our short assessment, you'll see how you stack up against the HR skills of the future. Then, our recommended learning journeys guide you every step of the way helping you to close your skills gaps, deepen your knowledge and press play on your career. Now, let's go back to the conversation with Nikki, where she offers her number one piece of advice for organisations looking to develop a culture of trust with regards to technology in the workplace. If you had to offer one piece of advice, I mean, so you've been working in the technology field for a long time. You talked about the work yeah. you did at EE, obviously, you know, 10, 10, plus, 10 plus years ago, yeah, I think. Yeah. You know, what's the number one piece of advice you would give to organisations looking to develop a, a culture of trust around uh, sorry, around workforce technology?
0: It has to start top down. Um, and again, I, I don't necessarily think that's just inside of technology. Um, I think that needs to be communicated and, and shared Um inside your, of your values. I think if there's new technology that's going in, explain why, um, and ensure that wherever possible, that technology is going in to aid productivity, aid personalization, and ensure that people can connect and communicate. Um, so I, I think it's more around your technology strategy and buy-in and enabling people to just work smarter and get to what they need quickly. Um, because that's what we all want, right? We're not putting stuff on our personal device that's harder to use or takes no. longer to do or feels more clunky or I can't customise. We we expect this consumer grade now inside of, of work technology. So I don't know that, that's, that necessarily focus solely around trust, um, but I think it's that um, you know engagement and enablers of, of technology that people then just buy into rather than they push against it. Um, which is the biggest um, waste of tech investment, right, when you, you buy buy something, another platform, another platform, and more SaaS, and people still don't use it because they don't know why.
1: But well, I suppose that's one of the problems you're trying to solve with Hula with <laughs> is rather than having to access multiple different technologies in a native way, you're putting that kind of UI layer on top so you can access them through one application that people can get used to, Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's can cool. interrogate
1: all those systems to, as you say, oh, God, did I send that to someone on Teams, on Slack, or on email? You can yeah. literally, it will tell you, yeah? Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: okay. you got it. I'm glad I picked that one up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, you talked right at the start about the importance of um, human, human centricity. And I'd love to hear some of your favourite examples of of how work tech can be used in a particularly human-centric way.
0: When... I guess one of the the things that we'll pull on here is where we try to force face to face ways face to face ways of collaborating into online technology. It's like trying to put a round peg in a square hole right um I think there was a period of time where we had to yeah. um, and there was an frankly a bit of an excuse for it, but we're we're so far past that now. I think people that haven't evolved that on are still making some decisions that aren't comfortable in a digital experience Um, they're not trying to uh, you know encompass everybody in the room and then people that are are remote and they're not moving forward with that I think it's absolute core continually pulling back to how as a human being would you want to to be engaged if you've got a you um, know uh, a seat of Uh, around uh, around a table I always have an empty seat where you go well actually how would that person want to 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 engage in this experience have we designed this that's suitable for them does it make them feel included when we talked about the the variety of roles between desk-based and and non-desk-based roles and in and out the office and work from anywhere I think we need to have this this view of how do we make this inclusive for all which is where I would say organizations that are taking a bit of that step back, but they're trying things. They're yeah. open to change, they're open to failure, they're open to going, actually let's take people on a little bit of a journey with us and understand we won't just get this right overnight. There isn't this one silver bullet that people are gonna do that will you know will solve this for people. It's about the evolution and change and experiment um that, that we need to sort of embrace a touch more. And I think mean, that's where people are really getting it right. And they're going that works for that team at that time of day. Um, I worked with a company a couple of weeks back that through the utilisation of Hula, they started to go actually with some of our asynchronous teams. How do we get to a place where we can go? Well, we we'll use video recording. We'll create a collection where one team that are in the States share their video thoughts and outputs of the team meeting with a Asana board, let's say, or insert A other the software here. And then we'll allow the secondary team that perhaps are based over in New Zealand to pick that up. They watch the video back. They look at the notes. They comment back. They record their video. We've got this really great way of communicating and collaborating that when we do have those hours of the day that we can be on the same call and things can happen live, we make real real use of that time Um, rather than trying to shoehorn in these different ways of working. We've gone, well, how could we do that differently? Um, and i think companies like that that approach those ideas they try the experiment um are those that are doing it really well because they're understanding the human beings this is all for this isn't automation it's not machine learning it's not ai that's coming in of course it is but ultimately we're we're doing all of this for the the, the human beings
1: and i suppose you know again if you're whether you're just using digital to (coughs) maybe replace a A way you've done thing even if it's a face-to-face particularly if it's going to be people you know people face-to-face people not um people virtual don't just take your analog process and digitize the same process you know use use the technology as a way to change the process and make the experience better and presumably you know you're a big advocate of actually designing things with with employees rather than for them
0: absolutely yeah again it's that i feel engaged i feel like i've been part of this you've listened to me you know ask your people how they want to work ask how the team best functions um start to listen to what they need and and, and react and then evaluate it and if it doesn't work no worries like let's try to, to do something differently but again if that's set out of the intention of look we've not done this before and we're trying to figure out uh, uh, how the best way to do this rather than just we always did it this way in an office so we're now going to do that across video um let's you know let's just let's just try to do things differently and i think technology is such an enabler of that there's so much Mm. new tech that comes out that those people that bring that in to go well actually i use this outside of work um why don't we bring in more more things like that i when clubhouse was huge during you know core of the the pandemic i saw so many more people that i engage with in a work context send me voice notes send me whatsapps with a with a voice memo to it than i ever did before because there was this medium of i just need to share with you some dialogue that isn't necessarily a text it's not necessarily an email i don't need to call you because you might be busy but i'm just going to give you a bit of a download of my thoughts and that was all sort of, you know, coming out of, of, of different platforms and different mediums. So I'd say sometimes, from, certainly from a HR lens, look outside of, of, of our, our world, outside of your industry, what are other people doing, and then inside of consumer tech, what, what's going on and what are people, what are people trying because let's, let's try and embrace some of that.
1: Right, bit of a bit of an di- incredible question, this one. What does finding the right balance between technology and a human touch actually look like?
0: I think again we've touched on a lot of the core themes of trying to remember that personalization. Yeah. Um, making that frictionless. As soon as that system's hard for me, it's already pulling cognitive load off of the task that I'm there there to do. Um yeah. as soon as it takes me longer than I need to, I'll find a shortcut. I'll find a different way of doing it. The whole concept of where WhatsApp came into businesses where people went, we'll just create a WhatsApp group and we'll just do it over here. So people will find those ways so i think understanding that we are all different and communicate differently um personalization for me as as i've mentioned a couple of times is is absolutely huge um especially if we're not necessarily with those teams we don't necessarily have a fixed abode or desk allow me to curate my own workspace that makes sense for me right i do that on my iphone i do it on my ipad i do it in cloud based systems so enable me to do more of that um and i think not not forgetting that ultimately as human beings we do want to connect with each other we want to learn about each other we want to um you know learn skills and share skills from each other that is about experience and story and narrative and connection so not forgetting that at its core you know we're not putting two machines together we're putting two individuals together and enabling that to to grow and flourish i think is really important which when we touched on the the did you know the meetings where some people are in the room and some people aren't. Yeah. Wow that time for natural, natural discussion. Um I think we'll see a lot more change with more digital natives coming into the organization. They've gone through a very, very different experience into the world of work than many of us did. Um they have, you know, a lot of uh, different things that matter to them. We've got a lot more multi-generations working side by side. But why wouldn't you allow that to flourish inside technology that just makes sense? Um again, I think as soon as it's too cumbersome, <laughs> um people won't won't want to use it.
1: And I guess certainly one of the things I've heard from you is 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 enabling using technology to enable flexibility uh around, you know, where work's done, when it's done and how it's done. Yeah. That's that's I mean, is that something I mean I'd love to hear a little bit more more from you on that.
0: Yeah, I think the focus at the moment, everybody's focused on where.
1: Yes, <laughs> well, everyone does seem to be focused on where, don't yeah. they? Yeah.
0: It's all where, and I, I've shared a lot externally that I think at some point we'll drop this whole hybrid work, remote work, work from anywhere. It's all work, fundamentally. It's, we're all just doing a task. We're contributing towards a purpose, a value of an organisation um in order to make money and for us all to, to to live and have the lives in which we do and and I know um, the last podcast I listened to was all about the livelihoods that we all have um and I think moving away from just the bricks and mortar or the location that you do what you do the construct of this working day um it was all built around manufacturing and Henry Ford and this nine-five Monday to Friday forty-hour weeks, and this is how it's done. Things have changed. Things have evolved. Like we're so much more aware of how our customers want to be engaged. So, what platforms and when, and how do they? How quickly do they expect to be responded to? Um, what do they expect from a digital experience? Are they going to go in store? Do they expect something really rapid and always on? So we're doing all of this research when it comes to customers, but we're not necessarily looking at that all the time when it comes to our people. And I think when we do, we start to realise that the where of flexibility also ties into uh, when. So if that is, well, I'm offering flexibility that you know, to you know, help encourage working mums back to the workforce that have been hugely impacted by the, the pandemic. Actually, we need to enable flexibility of you can work from home. But that also then encompasses when. Because if you need to do mm. school drop-off or pick-up or your child poorly or, or whatever that might be, the two have to go hand-in-hand. Hand. So I think creating some of these in, you know internal SLAs as teams that says, you know, if I email outside of these times, that's my working pattern, but I don't expect you to reply. So there's not then this drive of always-on digital burnout and this repetition that we can get into, but allow a team to set that as an SLA so we start to look at flexibility across teams and our own kind of I guess working constructs and then I think how ties into that um you know there isn't necessarily just one way to do a task and as human beings we'll find the way that works best for us that's quicker that's smarter that functions best for our team and that's all about change and evolution so allow people to explore that and experiment how they need to they need to be their most productive um so I think those three angles of where when and how we start to look at uh, flexibility you know, really start to open up the conversation and you know past oh, I'm in the office three days and I'm at home two days and this weird construct that we're trying to find that's this golden rule that if I'm honest I'm just not I'm not sure exists um that doesn't remove the need for face-to-face interaction of course it doesn't but I just don't know that it needs to be in a set pattern
1: yeah and, and I guess from, from listening to what you're saying there you know, organisations can enable that, but ultimately they need to empower teams, as you said, yeah. to to set ways of working. I guess within the team, depending on the, you know, how that team is constructed and, and with who. And as you said, then the when and the how can be can be dealt with as well as the where. Uh, but yeah, well, I think we are fixated on the where at the moment, and I think we'll become less fixated on the where. At, hopefully, we'll become less fixated on the where for the next sort of twelve months or so. Um, yeah. Thinking more broadly, I mean, you've talked a lot about personalization and clearly, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about is very much centred around employee experience. You now, what is what for you? What is the future of employee experience? How do you think we'll see it change in, in 2022 and beyond?
0: I think ultimately we're, you know, we're we're going to see. People want more of that, that consumer grade touch inside of tech specifically. But yeah. I think when we think about employee experience, we go immediately to tech. So many people go straight to, "Well, you know, we'll, we'll put a platform in for that." Which I appreciate the irony of, of me saying that, given what I do. But <laughs> it, for me, an experience is something that creates a, a memorable mark uh, on on someone. Um, especially given that a positive experience it takes so much longer to register in our in our brain than a negative experience, right? So we'll be very yeah. quick to jump all over something negative, whereas we won't recognize the little fluidities of how somebody, somebody's thought something to be in a, a better experience for me because it's kind of just assumed, right? If something works, it's like, well, good. You know, I expected that. Um, so I think understanding that, you know, we need to meet employees more of, of where they're at. Uh, we need to look at the employee experience as we would a customer experience and understand that that has changed and it has evolved. Um yeah. the world of work is now different, so to try to measure your employee experience without understanding that it's different i think is you, you need to try to align those, those two things um what 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 does good look like to you because what good looks like in one industry might be very very different to to what good looks like in a different industry. I think listening to more of what people are telling you and actually acting on that. So it's all well and good to go. Oh, we do a poll survey and we ask people, you know, how they're feeling about things, and then we do another poll survey. <laughs> um, Whereas actually, to to go, what what are people saying? What do they what do they want? What do they need? Where can we improve? Where can we ask for feedback? Where can we implement change? Um, and and listen a lot more. I think it's hugely important. But but knowing what good looks like and what data are you going to capture to measure that? Because there's no point out our journey of we're going to improve something without knowing where you're starting where, you, where you're trying to get to
1: yeah yeah i agree yeah, that, that 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 action and communicating it, you action and what's happened as a result of of the action i think so 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 important as you say so finally um the question we're asking everyone on this series you know how can hr help the business identify critical skills for the future
0: i think real alignment to the business purpose um both inside of culture Values. Where is the business trying to trying to get to? And understanding the industry,
1: understanding
0: yep. competitors as well in that in that industry, so that you can enable whether that's through upskilling, reskilling, talent mapping, those people to to, to be best aligned to 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 that vision, to that output, to that that strategy. Um, I think trying to understand the the real employee uh, centric focused um, alignment of HR into the business that the HR isn't necessarily seen as this disparate arm. It's quite siloed in a way. They're a true business partner inside of 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 the organisation. Um I think embracing these new ways of working and and digital natives coming into into the organisation, but also understanding we've got a multitude of of people working side by side and the richness of of experience that, that offers um, our businesses and organisations. And Ultimately, again, just constantly pulling back to focusing on the human. Because yep. the, the data side, the automation, the you know, the the, the more and more tech we'll see come into the organization is, is great, but that's something that's automated. That's not a human skill, that's not human connection. So yep. how can we bring humans right back um, front and centre to the world of, of HR inside of this bit of unknown of over the next? Many years in the future of work and and where skills sort of change and adapt.
1: Yeah, as you said using data analytics technology to help us be more human.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Rather, yeah.
1: Than, rather well, than less human, which absolutely. is a and that, way of looking at it.
0: Yeah, I think that's where we get it wrong sometimes. We, we we go straight to tech connection rather than human connection, which is enabled through tech, right? um yeah. And I think if we can pull pull all the way back to who we're we doing this for. Um I think that's uh where we can we can start to get some real clear wins and alignment of of the you know the business.
1: Well Nikki, thanks so much for being a guest on the Digital HR Leaders podcast. Really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for having me. How can listeners stay in touch with you and and follow you on social media and find out more about your work and also about Hula?
0: Yeah, I, so I'm um Nikki Willin on LinkedIn, um the Nikki H on Twitter. Um, and you can contact me on any of those mediums or you can learn more about Hula at hula.io.
1: That's brilliant. Nikki, thanks very much for your time. Love, really lo- enjoyed speaking to you and I'd love to speak to you in you know, a few months' time and hopefully we're, we're, we're out of the pandemic and we'll see yeah. how some of this stuff is bedding in.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Have a great day.
1: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy listening, please do rate the show on your podcast app and share it with your friends and colleagues via social media. We rely on your feedback and support to keep being able to make the podcast. For more from us at Insight 222, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and our weekly newsletter at myhrfuture.com. Tune in next week for episode four of this series, where I'll be joined by Patrick Colan, Global Head of People Analytics, HR Intelligence and Organisational Design at ABN Amro. Until then, stay safe, stay well, and take care.